Welcome to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. We're broadcasting live. And joining Lou Ice and myself is Tim Fiore, who is the committee chair for the ISM's Manufacturing Report on Business. Lou and I looked at it and went, uh-oh. And Tim, you're happy with it. So thanks for joining us. You can tell us why. You know, so I, I got the rough data, you know, a couple of days ago, and I'm scratching my head saying, okay, what is this really telling me? Boy, the, the more I thought about it, the more I looked at it, the more it's telling me. So first off, this is the first decrease. This is the first improvement in performance since August of last year. So August of last year was the first PMI number that started to come down. It was still expanding, but coming down. And then we crossed the 50 line four months ago, and we continue to come down. This is the first reversal of that, you know, not by a lot with three tenths or something, but it's the right. first reversal of that. So you look at that. Now let's talk about the, you know, the overall contraction. So I think with your listeners, I've been talking about, you know, how many of industry sectors are, how much percent of the manufacturing industry is and how much is contracting under 45. And because my concern here is that if we had a lot more going into the under 45, that's a lot more to worry about. If we're contracting, if they're all contracting at 49, who cares? So let's let's talk about this to start the conversation. Well, let's first say what the number is. I don't think we stated it. 47.7, 47.7. A off of my 48 to 52. Right. But I'm not changing it to 47 to 51. I'm staying with 48 <laughs> to 52. I'm staying with it. I've had three months of failure on that, but yeah, it's a, it's approximate. It's approximate. So in the month of January, we had 86% of manufacturing contracting at 50 or less. Okay, fine. That This is proving my point. We had 20, 45 or less. In the month of December, contracting at under 50. We had 35% of industry sectors contracting at 45 or less. Okay. So, okay, we got better in January compared to December. This month, 80% is contracting, a little bit better than the last couple of months. Only 10% is contracting at under 45. So you take that, and then you look at the four demand elements. And we've been talking about, we're looking for demand, we're looking for demand, we're looking, well, demand is starting to show back up. And I, I don't think that the Federal Reserve is going to be too happy about that. But you know, our new order number is it, it didn't hit 50, but 47 is some change up from 43. That's that's a serious move. That's what really kept the PMI improving. New export orders almost expanding at 49.9, almost expanding with a bunch of comments supporting Europe and China, China's reopening and Europe exceeding expectations. We have the customer inventory number. It's now considered, I, I believe it's in the high end of too low rather than the low end of just right. So it's a, it's a pot, it's not a big move, but I think it's now at that threshold where I can say it's too low, but it's on the high end of too low. And then the backlog, although it's still contracting, it's not contracting as fast. So, you know, demand seems to be coming back. That's good news. <laughs> Are you happy about that? Yeah. Me too. No, I like seeing 54, 55. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I agree. But I mean, as a as a business person, yeah. I want to see demand come back. I want to see growth. That's what it's all about. 
I, you know, I know a ton of people who have managed through declines and recessions, not as many as there used to be. And I never met anybody who really liked it besides what's his name, Chainsaw, Sunbeam, whatever. I forget his name, Hacksaw. <laughs> he, was really, he was really good at that stuff. But who likes to manage declines? Nobody. And you only want to be in them for a short period of time. So we're all feeling this, this feels pretty good. Feels pretty good. You know, the prices index went up. We'll talk more about that, I'm sure. Now, I'll talk about, you know, same or higher and same or lower. But we like to manage growth. That's that's how we, I want to grow. I want to, I want to hire. I want to invest. I want to find new customers. And we, we kind of feel like we're in that role. But we don't have the role of managing inflation. We have the role of managing profit and dealing with inflation. So there's only one organization that has the, the role of managing inflation. And uh, you know it's good that it's not an elected position, and they're going to have to look at numbers like this and decide what to do. I, I, you know, I think right now we're sitting at we're not an accommodative federal funds rate, and we're not really a restrictive federal funds rate. We're kind of in a stable funds rate, sta stable federal funds rate. So what happens next? I mean, fifty-two on the price index is not dramatic. Fifty-one is some change, but it's it stopped. We had three what three prior months of decline and. Last month, it didn't decline as bad, but it was still, what, 40-something, 40 and some change. Yeah, last month, we were 44.5. You know, the month before that, we were 39.4. And then the month before that, we were 43. So those all felt really good from a price reduction standpoint. But now at 51.3, oh, boy. So does that mean the Fed's going to zap us again with another quarter or half a point? I don't know. We 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 finished pretty much finished up earnings season and earnings season and guidance for 23. And yeah, you know, I'm not saying that anybody exceeded expectations, but you didn't see a whole bunch of stock value drops because of earnings. You're see, seeing a bunch of stock value drops because of future expectations about interest rates. It's not about performance. And you know, and, and you remember our forecast indicated that first half of the year would be lumpy. It'd be a lumpy first half. Second half would be better. I did get comments from the panelists that indicate that maybe, maybe that lumpiness is going to carry into the second half a little bit. Maybe we're not as confident that, you know, come July we'll, you know, we'll be expanding like crazy because it's the whole concept of, do you take a really big hit and shorten the whole recession period? Or do you take a series of smaller hits and it goes on longer? Well, we're kind of in that now. We're what coming up on eleven months, going into the twelfth month of the first increase in interest rates. You know, we thought half a point and three quarters of a point were really big moves. Well, I mean, it, it hasn't increased unemployment, it hasn't caused job layoffs, and it hasn't killed demand. So I, I'm not sure what's next. That's the point. What do we really know from the numbers? For example, as you said, you know, they, the feds, they raised the interest rate because they want to increase unemployment. And that's not happening. Not yet. Well, yeah. A little I, mean, it's, I had a conversation this morning on another media outlet, and there was a discussion around the legitimacy of numbers that are coming out. And yeah, you know, I, I can't really, all I can speak to is what we went through in the, when the pandemic showed up and then we recovered that a, a, a four-week measurement period wasn't enough because things were changing so fast, remember? 
Yep. In the last week of the month, everything kind of collapsed. Everybody went home and it's like, okay, why do I have a 55 PMI? Well, because we measured the whole month. We didn't measure the last day. So I, I remember living through that. But some of these unemployment numbers, I, I just don't get. Honestly, I, I don't get. Uh, you know, the ones that are a, a month late concern me. The, the ones that restate concern me. I mean, so why, if, if you can't hit plus or minus a couple tenths when you restate and when you do the final number, then why bother issuing an early number? Why, what do you do that for? And I understand there's a competitor PMI out there that does that quite often. It's like, okay, I looked at this three days ago, it was 56, it's now 50. So what'd you give me the 56 <laughs> for? <laughs> I'm supposed to feel good or are you just trying to get your name out there? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I do feel good about the, the, you know, the manufacturing PMI. We have a stable panel. They've been doing it for 100 years. And we know what we're measuring. And they provide really high-quality comments. And with the numbers and the comments, you can kind of figure out what's going on. And, and right now, it feels like we've hit the bottom and we're starting to grow again. But I, I don't really feel that that's going to be allowed to stand. I just don't. Well, it's interesting you say that because uh, All Metals and Forge Group, our, our primary uh, advertiser, my company, uh, we had a, a really a good January and February was a home run. And a lot of the um, promises that we're getting is showing that March and April have all the good signs of being terrific. So I'm not sure where the bumps and lumps are for us. Uh, I'm sure they're out there, uh, but uh, we're looking at a good first uh, first quarter. Yeah, good. Good. You know, I think transportation is going to do well. It was it was our strongest performing of the big six in the month of February. I think right. 56. You know, up from a 51. And and think of the upside on that. I mean. I, I've been, I've been out in the market for new vehicles lately, and for sure, I've been looking for the last six months, there are more cars on the lots now than there have been in the last two years. So you, you have choices now. And you know, and when I, you, you don't get what you want, I've been talking to them about lead times, and they're telling me six weeks, six, six weeks for an order, you know, build, order, build, ship. Wow. That's, a, that's so... The, but then you still look at it as only 40 days of inventory on the lots, uh, you know, down from a preferred 65 or 75, some number in there. And there's, they still don't project the 15 or 16 and a half million car output in 2023. So there's upside. The, the last I knew, the truck industry was still having trouble, but I, I'm not really that current on it anymore. I'm guessing they're probably getting better on time, but they're still not on time. They're at best, they're probably somewhere around 15%. So they're still working off overdue. And then you look at Boeing, that's running half of its output pre-pandemic. And wow, that's a, that's a, and, and they're having trouble keeping up with that rate. And they want to get above where they were pre-pandemic. So that's a ton of upside here. So transportation is going to help on all this. You guys know, I've been watching chemicals too. I, I see that as an early indicator. It supports all the other 17 industry sectors. And although it didn't expand in the month of uh, February, it definitely slowed its contraction. And it's, you know, it's close to a 49, I think it is, in the month of February, up from a 46. So that's positive. And some of the fundamentals, new order levels and customer inventories are moving in the right direction, which means that they're starting to, that, that low cost energy, that $2.50 gas in the U.S. compared to 
much higher prices around the world is probably starting to have an impact, which will help on our new export orders. Look at the new export order number. We almost we almost went above 50. Yeah. So and you know, even though even though our lead time, our buying policy numbers didn't support this, I got a lot of comments from panelists about lead times are getting better. So here, here's my conclusion on it. Is that okay, lead times are getting better. They're not where they historically have been, but they're better than where they were a year ago. They're reasonable. I think I mentioned that, you know, with prices coming down, waiting for lead times to come down, buyers and sellers will agree and they'll issue orders. I think what you got here is you got steel going up, aluminum going up, copper going up. You got more pressure now coming from the primary metals. You got pressure coming from the electrical component guys around copper that, hey, we're seeing prices going up. A lot of this has to do with capacity coming out because that's what the manufacturers are doing. They're managing their capacity consistent with what they want to sell a ton for. And you got China coming back into the market, which is a huge user. They use 50% of all that stuff. So I think buyers and sellers have said, hey, we got, we got headwinds coming on primary metals. We got lead times that are reasonable. Let's reload the order book. And I think you saw some of that in February. I don't think you saw all of it. I think you saw some. So, Hence February and March. Yeah. That, well, yeah. And if you take our seasonal factors out, our seasonal factors actually derated the numbers. So I think the number would have been 48 and some change, 48.4 or something without the seasonal factor. So if you look at all the numbers without seasonal factors, we're pretty consistent. We're not... Like I said, you know, in the last seven months, we've only moved three and a half points. That's nothing. I mean, I, I don't know if I mentioned this, but we're the reason we're in the early indicators because we're highly cyclic. We, you know, we we start early and we end early, so we show it, and we're highly cyclic. So you can see the differentiation. I kind of feel like Anthony Nieves. We're, we're hardly moving, <laughs> which, which isn't a bad thing, but. That's not what manufacturing oil is usually moving. And, and here we are over a seven month period, we've moved three and a half points. Just for the sake of our audience, Anthony Nieves is the chair of uh, services for ISM. So we give him his uh, proper credit. Yeah, so the services <laughs> side is, is generally felt to be much stabler. It doesn't, it's not as cyclic uh, and it, it, it kind of follows manufacturing. Uh, but it's much more a percent of the economy. It's like 80, 86%. Uh, the manufacturing side tends to get it earlier and tends to get out of it earlier. And it tends to be much more cyclic. You know, we go from a, a 52 to a 58. But what we haven't, seven, seven or eight months here of a plus or minus 1.75 movement. So Jim, walk us through the inputs and outputs and... Okay, so let's yeah let's talk about the input side. Supplier deliveries are they're still delivering faster, uh, you know by far. I mean the number is still the forty five plus or minus is they're still delivering. Now we got issues. We always have issues. You know issues will never go away in the supply business, but they're nowhere near what they were a year ago. Nowhere near. The surprising number on the input side here is uh, really the inventory number fifty point one. So it, it kind of tells me that the entire supply chain has been really well managed. And that's a positive, I think, from the Fed slowly increasing interest rates. They've given the, the manufacturing community time to consume the inventory that was over-ordered, over-built, 
with that wave of demand that occurred two and a half years ago. So, you know, our order streams have come down. The overordering has definitely diminished. The taker pay issue has definitely diminished. There are comments from the, the panelists that, you know, we're, we're actually getting reschedules. We're getting push outs. If, if, if people were sticking to the take it or pay for it, then they wouldn't be allowing push outs. So that's worked out well. The customer inventory number, when it was on the low side of just right, it meant that the customers are taking more inventory than they normally have. We had 40 some odd months of too low. And now we're in the high end of too low, which I feel better about. That's good. So that leaves manufacturing inventory, part of the input side, 50.1. I mean, by now, companies would have been forced to take the inventory. They'd be sitting at a 56. They're not. And that 56 would help the PMI number in a big way. It's not. So it's not a factor. So I, I think the, the whole... Slow growth of interest rates has allowed the, the manufacturing community, customers, manufacturers, suppliers to work off this overextension that occurred because of the chaos two years ago. And I think that's really positive. Import number came close to expansion. Um, you know, I, I, I think we ended up with enough inventory from overseas to, to last us the last seven months. It's now kind of running out and we're starting to see probably a growth on the import side. I, there's definitely more comments around the new export orders that China's back in the market. So uh, that, that's a positive thing because you know we're selling and buying from them. And the prices number. So let's talk about prices. I, I'm keeping track of this thing because a lot of people have a lot of interest in it. So I've been tracking the, uh, the same or lower price index now for quite some time. So we hit the same or lower lower uh, bottom of the barrel in March of 2022, when we registered about 25% of our respondents reporting same or lower prices. Uh, we peaked in December at 86% reporting same or lower prices. In the month of February, we're at 75% reporting same or lower prices. So just do the math. In December, we had 14% of our respondents reporting higher prices. Now in February, we got 25%. So that's a pretty significant stuff. That's that, and I think that caused buyers to negotiate deals with their suppliers because the foundational stuff is on its way back up again for whatever reason. And you know, if you're gonna make a commitment, make it at what you believe to be the right price level. I think their, their panelist companies have accepted this higher level of cost because they believe they can pass it through to the customer because demand has not been destroyed and the customers are still out there willing to pay the price. You know, look at, we'll go back to the automotive side. I mean, these cars are a lot more expensive than they were two years ago. Is anybody expecting price cuts, sustainable price cuts on cars? No, you're expecting incentives to move them. You saw some of it on the EV side, which still isn't really clear what drove, what's driving that, but you know, generally, and when I, you know, I was in a dealer a couple of weeks ago, he actually gave me a discount off of MSRP and uh, to offset a, a a problem on a trade. But, you know, a year ago, they were marking up MSRP. So you get that kind of dynamic going on. But so the input side is stable. I mean, it's as best probably as it's going to get where I was going to have issues. Uh, so the, the consumption side is a result of demand and inputs. I as I've mentioned the last couple of months, I think what's happening is nobody wants to lay off a significant amount of people. We'll talk more about that. So they're trying to hold on to their people. In order to do that, 
you've got absorb overhead, uh, meaning you know fixed plant equipment and the indirect costs around labor. In order to do that, you've got to build. So they're building off a backlog. They were able to ship it to customers. They're not expanding headcount anymore, I don't think, of any significant way. We're back to a two-to-one hire-to-fire ratio, which is you know, for every three companies, two of them are still hiring, one is not. And that, that one is using freezes, attrition, uh, and layoffs to man manage the headcount level. You look at our employment index, and it's, you know, it's, a, it's a week 49-1, could be 50, I mean, 51, whatever. It's, it's pretty stable. They're trying to get through to the second half of the year where there's still a belief that we're going to grow faster. But the counter argument here is that if you got the, you know, the, the organization responsible for inflation and we're what, 150% at least above where the target is, and you got manufacturing now starting to come back, that's not a good signal. That's not, a, but you know, our panelist companies don't know that because they, they're, they're just now seeing the report today. And, you know, we'll see how that filters through, how, how it makes it through the whole economy. I, I think, I don't think if you're managing inflation, we're not on the right track. If we're managing. If we're managing inflation, we are not on the right track. So, well, certainly the Fed's having difficulty with it, so. Well, they're, they're, they're trying to be accommodative, you know, they're trying to, and, and let's go back to my point here is that they've really helped us get rid of all this excess inventory in the in the greater supply chain. It, they've really helped because that's a that is so chaotic and so damaging when people are forced to take stuff that they don't need or want. So to be able to help us burn that off is a really good thing. So but on the other hand, I mean the employment numbers aren't you know they're positive if you're if you're looking for zero unemployment, uh, if you want to jump jobs, it's good. But let me let me give you some stuff out of our employment comments. So you know, I've been tracking the uh, the quits rate, which to me has been a huge indicator of market demand for people. When people quit their job and jump to another job for a pay raise primarily, it's more pay raise than it is working conditions, but okay. You know, we're now down to 13% of employment comments uh, around people quitting. We peaked in July of last year at 35%. So that's a significant step off. We're, they're not quitting as much. And a lot of that probably has to do with the uncertainty in the market. I mean, you just look at the business news. It's like, when's the recession coming? When's it coming? What does it mean to me? Layoffs at uh, the tech companies, layoffs here, layoffs. What is it? You're not going to leave your job. Okay. Just, just the potential of a recession is causing people to stay put, which I think is, that's a positive. I think it's a positive. It's holding down wages. You don't even hear on mainstream media about recession anymore. No, the, the, this, the, they've been talking about is business arguing with the Fed or not. Well, business is going to do what business does. It's it's really the, the Fed's action to, well, and forget the market. The market is just nuts. They're, they're you know, they're constantly <laughs> trying to, yeah, it's, that's for a whole different type of mentality, I think, but ignoring <laughs> the market. Business is going to do what business does. If they think they can make a profit and support their EPS and not have their owners or shareholders revolt much. They're going to manage their way through this because we know how to manage growth and, and demand. We don't like managing recessions and declines. We, we will, but somebody's got to help us get there, I guess. No doubt. Well, Tim, we appreciate the, the update from the ISM. Every month, you guys spend more time with us than probably all the other media outlets combined. 
So we appreciate you going into the numbers and love hearing that this is really fairly good news at this point. So thanks for sharing and being with us again. Yeah, it's really good news if you're a demand and an output advocate, growth advocate. It's not so good news if you want to see inflation get back to 2%. So. And you are developing a stronger sense of humor, I might add. <laughs> well, I guess it, that, that comes with wisdom and age. That's true. Mostly, <laughs> mostly age. Mostly age. Yeah. So I uh, just want to remind everybody in the audience that uh, we are taking a the big step into uh, uh, syndicating for AMFM radio. Uh, you're going to hear more about that uh, as it uh, develops and evolves. Uh, so far, we are on one radio station, and that's WLEA up in Holden, New York. There's all of 85,000 people there. 58,000 listened to our show. I'm sure most of those were pass-throughs. But anyway, tune into our uh, our show on a regular basis. And uh, uh, Tim, thanks for joining us again, as usual. And, Glad to be. Uh, and, uh, you know, you get more points towards your yellow jacket. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. Look forward to what March has to bring. March is a big manufacturing month. So except for the Ides of March, the Ides of March. Right. And well, April Fool's is the April month. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Caesar probably didn't like the Ides of March much. Yeah, no, I don't think he really liked the Ides of March. Yeah, yeah, not really. OK, so. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week. All right. Thanks, everybody. Next month. Sorry. Bye. Bye for now. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank you.